0: Thank you for leading us into worship. Thank you for joining in worship, church. It's amazing to be celebrating and worshiping this amazing God that loves us. Isn't he amazing? Yes, he is. We need him. Some great messages and singing as we lift up our voices in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord as he's called us into this life of trusting him fully, surrendered fully, and knowing who he is in my heart and my life, that he's got us in everything we face. Our sisters at the mission experienced a loss in their midst as one of their friends went out of this world on Friday night and into eternity. And so, church, I just want us to lift up our sisters and brothers from the mission and those that are grieving in the loss of a friend and a loved one. And uh, knowing that we have a promise from the Father through Jesus Christ that in, not only in this life do we have hope, We have hope through Jesus Christ for hereafter as well. And so as we go through that process of grieving, and I want to encourage you, all you ladies from the mission that are here, as you go through that and you're processing all those things, the enemy wants you to, like, go to the old way of processing. And Jesus Christ wants to give you strength and power to understand his grace in the midst of all these things that we face in life so that you can see that he is the answer in every situation, and that we don't need our old ways to take us through, that there's a new way to see life. And I'm encouraging you because I have confidence in who Christ is in you, ladies, that you will go through this in the right process and trusting Christ through it all. So, (laughs) amen. All of us are facing stuff. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the message. And so as God reveals these things to us and as we walk through life, It is incredibly amazing that our amazing God would love us and call us into this real living life relationship with him. And it is amazing that as we experience life, how um, things are going on constantly around us in life in every way. I don't know if I I mentioned in the last Sunday's service that uh, Pastor Stephen and Michaela are expecting their first baby. So if you're not on Facebook and you didn't know that, they are... (laughs) And so we want to congratulate them. Yeah. So pray for Stephen. Yeah, Michaela needs it. But I know, as a dad, when you look in the mirror and you're thinking, I have no idea what I'm doing. I need help, God. That uh, you know, it's a it's a reality moment in your life where God just like you just wow. It's overwhelming to realize that you have the responsibility of a life, you know, and that whole thing that's there. And so, yeah, God bless you guys, and it's awesome, and we congratulate you together in that new journey that is before you. Um, this past weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday of this week, just two days and yesterday, um, Kim and I were blessed. I have an amazing wife, even if she voted no on my vote. Um, I, did, <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> I I do, I have an amazing wife. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously though, you know, you guys weren't in Michigan with me, but when I was pastoring in Michigan, I always had one or two no votes every single time I was voted on, and the only thing that it could be is my wife and one of my kids, because they're the only ones... (laughs) that were back there with me, and they're here now, so it's got to be one of them. (laughs) So anyway, um, beside all that, she's an amazing woman. Obviously, you already know that. You hear me up here, and you're like, oh, dear God, help that lady. I tell everybody, everywhere I go, I pick up prayer partners for my wife. (laughs) They're like, oh, Lord, she's been living with him for 35 and a half years. Dear God, help her. Um, Anyway, we'll leave that alone for a second. We were so blessed that uh, we had the privilege this weekend to go to Phoenix, and um, we were allowed to meet with some uh, young leaders from churches and some other pastors as a team. And we were there to teach and encourage the hearts of young leaders in the church. And uh, we were, we entered into a one year process of doing that, um, where we'll be speaking into their life and God's stuff. You know, it's just cool. And we were sitting in that room, and the young people were all there, and. I say young, they were, you know, adults and stuff, I'm saying, um, yeah, they're married with kids and all that, they're just younger than me, Uh, so I call them kids, you know, there's young leaders in there, a lot of kids in there, but they were all married kids and stuff, you know, (laughs) going on, so that's the point, I was sitting there looking at them, and it just hit me, like, my wife and I are the oldest people in this room. And I was like, it was a reality moment for me as I sat there because, you know, it's like you have these revelations in your life where you're going along and all of a sudden it's like, wow, you know, things are different now. And as I sat there and looked in that room and realized that we were the senior members of that pastoral team and in that influence time of speaking into the life of those young leaders, I was so blessed and encouraged at what was there and what God is doing and I was overwhelmed with the reality of God's amazing sustaining power for his church and the bride of Christ. Every generation, I'm saying as a generation gets older, it seems like by and large, they look down on the next generation like, oh. <laughs> you know, wow, they're messed up. You know what I mean, and uh, and it's like, wow, where are they going, and how bad's it going to be when they get older, and things like that. And as I looked around the room, I was like, God, there's a there's a a, a reality of a move of God that is incredibly there, and the potential for incredible things to happen uh, in the generation that is younger than I coming up. And so, church, many years ago in my prayer time of asking God. This has been a lifetime prayer since I came to faith. God, I want to see a move of God. Like, I've read about it in history. I read it in the Bible. Like, we've been reading the scriptures in Acts, where, like, the Spirit of God so grabs a hold of people that they're sharing Jesus with everyone, and people's lives are being changed, and and it impacts communities and things. And I'm like, God, I want to see that. I want to be part of something like that. I don't want to just go to church and, like, live and die, and be done, and like, wait for heaven, I want to experience heaven on earth, and that kind of a transformational power and presence, and I've seen it in history, not just in the book of Acts, but when you read in, in history of, of the world, and the church, where there have been great awakenings, and movements that have stirred, and the spirit of God fell, and lives were transformed, and everything like, globally began to change, because of God's spirit, being like an agreement with people as they surrendered to him and I was like man I've read about it I see these things and then I read the verse in Hebrews where he says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever and I was like Lord I know you're the same I know you died for all these people I want to see that and so I have prayed since I was 19 years old and came to christ And as I began to get knowledge of seeing what god is up to and what he can do in the transformation of a life i'm like god, I want to see that in a larger scale Before I die. Let me be involved in that Now he didn't say okay. I'll do that for you. No god wants that to happen, right? And so i'm in prayer about this and it's like a regular part of my prayer god make it happen god Let me see it. Let me be a part of it. Let us do it and in my prayer times with God about that very subject when I was just, um, asking him, I really felt God just saying, it's going to happen, and I believe it's going to happen in that generation that I reference, through them, I'm not saying it's down the road, I believe it's through them, the reason I want to say this to you as we get ready for what God has for us, we speak this, is church, um, this generation that we look upon, if you are older, I'm in my 50s, and if you are that age and older, or even in your late 40s, you may look at this generation and say, what a jacked up mess they are. I, I, like, I Please hear me all the way through. I want you to hear this because it's like this generation doesn't even know who they are, what sex they are, who they're supposed to be with, where their identity is, There's this mass confusion of self-identity that is so blatantly crazy in our minds as we look at them, that we look at them, church, and we say, You are so disgusting to me because of that, that I avoid you, and I think there's no hope for you. And so I view someone in that relation, not me personally, God's helped me to see that differently, and I want to help you because as we in the older generation view them, what they are doing is they are searching for who they are and their identity beyond their physical, okay? That does not mean that we have to agree with everything they do or how they present themselves. We don't have to make them comfortable, but what we have to do is love them where they are the way Jesus does in order to reach them with the answer that they are looking for. Church, I was lost, and I was looking for my identity, and I was looking for it in all the wrong places, Maybe not those places where I can look at them and say, I wasn't that way, but I was still looking in wrong places and building a false identity because I didn't know who I was or what the answer to my life for the whole while hearing about God believing and knowing somewhat he is the answer but i'm still trying to find it in myself and so church as we view this situation of which our culture is fully indelved in it is an amazing opportunity an incredible door for the truth of who god is to be manifested to them because hear me right now if they are so longing and looking for identity that they are willing to go all in like they are, can you imagine what they will do for God when they find that He is the answer? Seriously. I mean, I'm not making light of it. I'm saying there is no way I would step out in public like that. Right? No, I don't. And again, I want you to hear me in the right context. So just think because some of us are so shy about our faith, how bold they will be when they come into this relationship, find the healing of God in their life, and know who He is for themselves, they will be blatantly obvious in God's light. And God will be able to move like he never has before because of the opportunity of absolute surrender and fully all in in the identity of Christ for themselves. I mean, wow. I'm excited. I'm like looking at that like, man, there's this crazy opportunities for God. Okay, so church, let's love them. Yeah, I want everyone to understand this anybody and everybody's welcome in this church I want you to know that that does not mean we're okay with sin yours either that Jesus Christ has called us to a life and we need to live that life all of us and the way that he's called us to live it in the fullness of who he is by being the light in the world So it's not just here in church that we want to embrace people and love them, not embrace their lifestyles or try and make them comfortable. No, embrace them and love them with the love of Christ. I mean, we have families that have been so confused and struggling because some of their family lost their identity and they're like What do I do because i'm christian and that's a sin and what do I how do I handle this and the church is like I don't want you around you're un- make me uncomfortable and it's like really I mean jesus They the, the church people made fun of him because they called him a, you know, bibber night because he ate and drank with sinners Right It's because he was living life with people to show them that there's an answer to life and he's it All right, so please, just, I don't want to discourage you, and I don't want you to think, oh my goodness, what happened to the church? No, the church is the way we need to be in Christ, is what I'm speaking to you through the gospel, not through a politically correct gospel. There's no such thing. Seriously, the gospel is not politically correct, it's in our face, calling us, not them, us, to live our lives according to the Word of God. Which is to love them So that they might know him So when we make the statement at the beginning of our service, we're not a perfect church or perfect people just look around you (laughs) And here's the thing church seriously We know we're messed up and that jesus is the answer. So we've come to understand that we need him. That's why we're here so like Let God work on us and fix us as he does that for you. And together, we're going to be Christ-like in doing the things God's called us to do. Okay, so this is what God's asking of us today, to live that kind of a life. So I ask you guys accountability questions because it's like church. I mean, if all there is to a Christian life, seriously, is showing up at church once a week, it sucks. I mean, what's the point? I I mean, seriously, like if this is all there is to our Christian faith, I mean, come on. Uh, There's way more to it. There's a life with it. And so this part right here is simply an aspect of that life. And so when we ask the accountability questions, I'm saying, church, have you spent time in God's word with him this week? Have you done that? you notice i didn't ask you five days five whatever whatever. just said have you spent time in god's word did you spend some time alone with him did he talk to you are you obedient to it no matter if he's asking you to, to do something or not to do something or whatever he's saying we need to be obedient to the holy spirit and because of that church i'm asking you have you had opportunities to share god's stories with people this week did you do that Okay, So as we've spent time in his word, spent time alone with him, we've heard the Holy Spirit, we've shared who he is, we're living a Christian life, we're walking with him. So what we're asking God to do is to continue to develop us and help us to mature to more Christ-likeness that we might be the people he died to make us, right? Right. Okay. So the Christian life is where God has called us to be. and um, Sorry, but my clicker's not working here for some reason, and we need to back up my first screen because I'm not where I'm supposed to be. You guys are trying to get me to end. That was like almost the end. (laughs) Seriously, I love them, but you know. All right, so I'm not really sure what happened, but it doesn't matter. Let's try this one more time. Keeps going back to that one screen there. Yeah. I got nothing, dude. Um, my iPad's on the front seat. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for technology. It's amazing, isn't it? Thanks, man. It's not their fault. I, I'm, it just stuff happens. And if you notice, when we start the service, the lights were off. So uh, that just happened. It's okay. You just hand it to me. I'll get it, buddy. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. The tech team, we do have an amazing group of people that donate their time and stuff back there. We really do. And um, you know they're there when things don't go right. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, seriously, that's when you know they're back there and everybody's like, what are you doing, you know? and Can you quiet that down? These guys are way too loud and stop him and can you just shut that off and all that? No, just relax, it's all good. Okay, so let me just uh, go to where we're supposed to be. Um, Maybe I was where I was supposed to be, and I was lost. I don't know. It's okay. We've been looking at the Spirit-led life together and what God says to us about that Spirit-led life. And as we've been discovering that through the Word of God, if you're a Christian, then you are saying you have a Spirit-led life. And when we make the claim of being a Christian or being saved or born again, whatever terminology you want to use, made new new life in Christ, you know, I don't know, whatever thing you want to call it. Uh, We've stepped into a relationship with God, and the reason that we've done that and how we've done that is we've recognized that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, that he died on the cross for my sins, that he rose from the grave to give us the promise of eternal life, that he ascended into heaven, sent down the Holy Spirit to live within us that we might live a, a Christian life. So if you're a believer, you're saying all that. So I'm going to ask you the question, are you a Christian? If you're a Christian, then that's happened to you. Thank you. And so when we make that statement and we make that claim that this is what's happening with us, I want you to know the only way you can live a Christian life is to be spirit led. That's biblical. You can't live a Christian life any other way. So in Romans 8, which we've been talking about, and I asked you maybe in your devotional time through the week to read chapters 6, 7, and 8 together, not like one day, one day, one day, but just try and carve out some time where you can read those chapters all the way through. Romans 6, 7, and 8, and not stopping on things and not thinking about what you've heard, preaching, teaching, what you've taught, what you think, what you're, you know, forget all that push it aside and read it through saying god what do you want to say to me let god speak man his word is amazing and it has the word of life in it and one of the problems is we've been so indoctrinated into teachings by people like me and others that we begin to hear their message as we read god's word and we need to hear what god is saying to us and the messages should affirm what god's word says okay sometimes we're looking for bible verses to approve my life instead we should be looking to the bible to show me how to live my life right that's what i'm seeing like looking into god's word saying teach me show me reveal to me and so as we're looking at the spirit that life in in the scriptures this is what romans 8 9 says to us but you are not controlled by your sinful nature You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. You are or you aren't. You do or you don't. Are you? Do you? Church, I mean, you can't... Don't come to me and say, well, I hope I'm saved. I hope I can make it to heaven. I really am trying to live right. It's like, stop it already. You're either going to be there or you're not. You're either saved or not, and you're either led by the Spirit or you're not. That's the Word of God. Therefore, church, we need to embrace the Spirit of God and allow the Spirit of God to lead us. Because Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So if you're a believer and you say, I'm a Christian, that means you are spirit-led. If you are not spirit-led, you are not a child of God. Like, oh, wait a minute. What does that mean? No, that's what the Word of God just said to us. If you're a child of God, you're led by the Spirit. Therefore, if you're not led by the Spirit, you're not a child of God. You are or you aren't. You do or you don't. It is or it isn't. All right. Spirit-led life is for every believer. It's not for a select few. It's not like this special anointing for certain offices. Church, the Spirit-led life is for every believer. The Word of God says so. If you are a child of God, you're led by the Spirit. Amen. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God leading. That is God Himself. Amen. So, we have seen the spirit life includes... We were reading this in Scripture over the past few weeks. You can always watch those online if you have missed a sermon or you can listen on podcast or whatever. Just... Go in there and find it. Um, It's there, it is. Um, But what we see in the scriptures is the spirit-led life has highs and lows. It has times of abundance and time of need. It has times of peace and times of unrest. It has times of abundance and time of not so much. And so the spirit-led life is not about what's happening around me, what's happening to me, The Spirit-led life is what's happening in me. And when I live the Spirit-led life, therefore all that is happening around me cannot, will not, does not change who I am in Christ, nor does it change the way I react to all of this. For I am who I am in Christ by the Spirit of God. We need to own that church because the Christian life is a spirit-led life living in a world that is corrupted by sin, and we're going to face stuff. It's going to happen. The spirit-led life is the only way to live a life for God in a sinful world. You can't live in that polluted environment and not be polluted unless the Spirit of God lives in you. The world is a broken place. Sin controls this world. And as a result of that, there is brokenness, there's heaviness, there's loss, there's unhappiness, there's oppression, and everything that is wrong in this world is a result of sin. People say, well, then why is not God, why why does God not do something about all he did? did? It's Jesus. Okay, he made a way for us to escape the judgment we brought upon the world in flesh through Jesus Christ. And he will break it all. He says so. But right now, he's given us the Spirit so that we can live the Christian life in spite of everything that's going on around us. So the Christian life, uh, living for God, let's just say it that way for just a minute. Um, God gave the law to Moses in the Old Testament. We went through all the way from Exodus and all that before. And you've read it in the Bible. God gives the law. So we, we've given this terminology to the Ten Commandments that God wrote upon stone, right? And then he gave Moses the law. There's Leviticus and, and throughout Numbers and Deuteronomy, parts of Exodus, where God is giving a law of sacrificial system and what it meant to worship him and how to present ourselves and to come before him and all of this stuff, right? Now, it's, it's pretty technical and detailed in so many ways when you read the law. But what had happened now as the church, as the structure of the church, the priests, the Levites, the ministers, the teachers of the law, the scribes and Pharisees, those that were the so-called clergy, I guess I would say in our terminology, of the day began to teach God's law to the people. Um, They began to interpret what God was saying by putting laws together to help you live it. So in the day of Jesus... That law that Jesus said, like, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, which is what he said to us, right, in the Old Testament law. We're not I'm no longer under the law, but listen to me. When God said that, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. By the time that Jesus was walking on planet Earth and dealing with the leaders of the church, the leaders of the church had literally written over 600 laws about what that meant, and what you could and could not do on the Sabbath day. Seriously, it's, it's written in history. The Jewish leaders had done that with what God said. That's called legalism. Religious requirements of the church mandated for you to know God because we said so. That's why you find Jesus whenever he's in conflict it's with the leaders of the church not church people leaders of the church because he saw what they were doing with God's word and God's law by putting an oppressive bondage on people that people could not live under and then they would carry themselves around as if they were holy and righteous therefore magnifying the sense that you aren't and I am you're in trouble and you need me. And that was what was happening. So, when you look at this situation of this exchange and the teaching of Jesus, what was happening is the, the people knew who God was and they wanted to serve him. And the leaders of the church had made serving God such a huge burden of bondage and fear. We need to have a fear of God, but not a fear oh, I'm going to die now every step I take, but that God loves us and we need to be in awe of him. Listen to the words of Jesus in that context because this is what he's addressing. Hear these words that you've heard many times. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Oh God, that's amazing. He's like, hey, the truth of the matter is walking and serving and living for God brings peace, not burden, not oppression, not heaviness, but it brings life. Come to me. Let me give you rest in your soul. All that heaviness that's out there. Jesus, he wants you to know he is the answer. You cannot find him through religious practice. You cannot find him through legalism. You cannot find him by doing. The only way to know this and experience it is to have him in your soul, which brings rest and peace. Jesus came to bring us life, to break the chains of sin, the bondage of sin, that oppression that we live under in a life of sin. Jesus came to break all that and to give us an opportunity for a full relationship with the Father. This is the Spirit-led life, full relationship with the Father. When Jesus was teaching in John 10, we read these verses, and I'll read them again to you a little more extensively. Let us hear what Jesus is saying to us and those he was teaching in that day. I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they won't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus used this illustration didn't understand what he meant. You know, we're so clueless sometimes. So he explains it to them. You ready? He explains it. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came, out, came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Oh, there you go. Wait a minute. That's that peace and rest that he's talking about. Let's keep going. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life wow man that is amazing isn't it the believer's life the spirit-led life the christian life is to be a rich and satisfying life it doesn't mean wealthy it doesn't mean that we're supposed to be rich and satisfied he's talking about richness and satisfaction And remember, He's still teaching us what it means to walk with Him, be led by Him, and to follow Him. And we're talking about the Spirit-led life of the fullness of what life is. And the only place that you're going to ever find a rich and satisfying life is a walk with Jesus Christ. If your walk with God does not bring you peace, if your walk with God does not give you a purpose for life, if your walk with God does not give you an understanding of who you are, Church, I want to ask you something. You need to reassess some things because what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And who are you doing it for? The Christian life is to be rich and satisfying, it's to bring peace and rest, it's to be light, not heavy. To hear some Christians talk about their Christian life, I wouldn't want to follow their Jesus the way a lot of them look the way a lot of them act if living the Christian life made me as miserable as them I'd be like why would I want that if what they're doing for God is so difficult that they're overwhelmed then what good is Jesus If the load they carry is so heavy why would I want the Jesus they have listen to me. I had all that garbage before. (laughs) Right? I I mean, my life of sin brought me heartache. It brought me burdens. It made me miserable. It did all that to me. Now, hear me through when I say this to you, because some people say, well, you know, I I had a good life. No, you didn't. Hear me. And many of us, like, self-medicated ourselves and laughed through things. Many of us, like, just lived from one party emotional experience to the next, from one purchase to the next, from one relationship to the next, because we were striving and looking for something to make me feel good inside. And the reason why we continued to go on that journey and continue to pursue and to try new things and experience that stuff and, and go delve over there is because we were looking for peace. And no matter how much we medicated ourselves, no matter how many relationships we had, no matter what kind of stuff we owned, we could not find peace. And so what we're talking about in the Christian life is the rest in our soul that only Christ can provide and where we finally know who we are and what life is all about. Because you cannot know that without him. Amen. And that is why the world is continuously pursuing stuff to meet their need that they will never find found met. And they will continue to pursue and cross barriers. Hear me right. They will continue to push boundaries further. And further as they're looking, searching, and seeking for peace. And so, as we look at that younger generation and we watch them and we see them taking different lines of morality and pushing them further and pushing them further, that is a symbol of something. I'm looking, I'm trying to find, I cannot find, I want. We did it. And many of us in the church are still trying to meet our own needs in similar ways. These people that were teaching the church people in the days of Jesus were trying to do the very same thing with legalistic church life. Just do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. Don't. This is where you're going to find, no, there was no peace. There was heaviness and burden and brokenness. So Jesus speaks into the middle of that, and he says, come to me. I want to give you life. I want you to experience life to the full, like satisfying life. Church, as I sat in that room with those young people and looked upon them, and I sat next to my wife, and I was sitting there, and I was reflecting and thinking, man, where would I be today? If I had not responded to the Spirit of God calling me from that life, I was on a journey of brokenness, of rushing to stuff to fix my brokenness. I was dead inside. I'm just telling you, I was dead inside. The only glimmer of life I felt was when I was around Kim, and there was nothing more than my flesh. as I sat there and I thought, God, where would I be today if I had not responded to you? And I sat in that room and I was like, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I, I only know life because of you. I'm only living because of you. I have peace, man i know who i am i know why i'm made i know who he is and it's like wow are you kidding me the creator of the universe knows dave why that's crazy and it's like overwhelming and as i sit i'm thinking wow like god this is what life is all about it's all about you and all that stuff that's going on is going on it's going to keep going on but it's all about you and then jesus said i want you to know that living for me is not a burden it's freedom it's light it means life for you faith is not a i have to do or i can't do life as i get to my, my life with christ as i get to i used to have to I performed for people under the influence. No, I mean, well, I want you to hear me. I exaggerated things in my, my, even my personal, I wanted to offend people because I was trying to perform to find satisfaction somehow inside of myself. Let me find some self-worth, some identity. Somehow would you acknowledge me? And so these people that are broken and lost would acknowledge me like, yeah, ha, do it again. And so I would magnify my brokenness and go into that world and and try and find peace. And then I would go home all alone and feel the brokenness within myself. And I would wake up in the morning with shame, guilt, brokenness. What did I do? What did I do? Who did I do that to? What was going on? why let's go do it again because I don't know what else to do I mean think about it come on I don't care where you lived or what you did or didn't do your life was just like that in some context maybe you didn't pursue drugs or alcohol or relationships or stuff but you pursued something to meet your need and some of you are still pursuing and Jesus is the answer he's calling to us church and he's saying come to me come to me experience life let peace come into your soul just breathe for a minute life so when I look at it I can't confuse the fact that because I'm a Christian doesn't mean that I'm going to face stuff I am I'm going through it it's happening it's, it's going to happen it's, it's real And Jesus said this to us in John 16, and you've heard this. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I've overcome the world. So what Jesus is saying to us, it's obvious, right? I'm letting you know something. I'm giving you peace. The world's going to mess with you, screw with you, try and overwhelm you, try and oppress you. I'm giving you peace hold my peace as the world in turmoil goes around and its brokenness hits you and the brokenness of sin affects your life as a believer he says hold on to my peace i've got you you don't have to be afraid i'm no longer a slave to fear i'm a child of god that's what we're singing i've got that peace i've got that in my soul that calmness in the midst of the storm. And so as I live in the Christian life, it does not mean I'm exempt from trials and challenges in life. It means I'm an overcomer through the power of the Spirit where my life is at peace with Him and through every trial, He will be seen in me. Church, the Spirit-led life is one of stability, peace, assurance, promise, and fulfillment. I want you to know it is what life is all about. This is why we were made in the very beginning. Everything else we do is just stuff we do. We were made and meant for the fullness of the relationship with the Father through a Spirit-led life. That's what we were made for. So, you're going to face stuff this week. You faced stuff last week, right? It's going to be coming at you from every angle. Temptations are going to come at you. And the enemy is going to try and make a way for you to doubt, live in fear, He's going to remember in, in Romans 8 where it says you're no longer you know owned by the sinful nature. Now you are made new. You're in the spirit of life. You don't longer have to lift and listen to that. Here's what's going to happen this week. Here's the devil over here. Darkness, sin, the world. It's not going to be that you're fighting him personally. You're going to be fighting against sin. And it's in the person of your sinful nature past. So there's this thing coming. Hey, Dave. Remember me, buddy? Step over here, man. Come on. Come on. Why don't you try it this way? That person that's in your face, you don't have to take that. That person that offends you, why don't you tell them what you think? That person that is taking advantage of you or wants something, why don't you just let them know, you know, take a walk. So this, this old self is seeing a lot more than that. A lot more colorful stuff than that. I'm trying to church that. It's a temptation. And then the old self is like trying to jump in like, let me in there. Let me in there. And the Spirit of God is saying, Dave, walk with me. Amen. Dave, walk with me. In the name of Jesus, don't go there. With every temptation the word of God says He makes a way of escape I don't have to surrender To temptation I don't have to Church I don't have to walk down A a dark road I don't have to live in sin I don't have to go back into old ways I'm looking at the word of God And he says I've given you the Holy Spirit So that you can live a new life In the power of the spirit Overcoming that old life That's God's word So as I go through this week, I'm either going to walk in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, or I'm not. I am or I'm not. I'll do it or I won't. And so as I walk with God and surrender, and the Spirit of God has given me power, He's given me that, so that I might be an effective witness for Jesus in the world. Because everybody out there is facing the same kind of garbage we are. And so when I live the Spirit-led life and I don't let myself respond because I rely upon the Spirit and they see that I don't deal with stuff like they deal with it like I used to deal with it. They look at me and they know something inside of me is different than what's in them and therefore now I am a light to Jesus Christ. Therefore, they don't want to follow Dave. They want to know what's up with Dave. And I want to tell them it's Jesus. All right? That's the opportunity God gives us. Living through the challenges of life is what allows the Holy Spirit to be seen in us. And as we know, when we're reading Galatians 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does in us. We keep reading these verses. We're going to keep reading these verses because we need to hear it. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So this is a work of the Holy Spirit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So when we put it all together, now listen, let's just process this. The Spirit-led life creates opportunities for me to live in the world where the fruit of the Spirit is seen As I live in full obedience to the Spirit, therefore I am no longer responding to the old sinful nature or the temptations of the world. But in the moment of temptation, in the middle of the world, in the middle of my challenges, instead, when I am being led by the Spirit, the Spirit is producing these things, and the world around me is tasting of the Spirit of God through me as they see me in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control, they're like, I don't have any of that. And they taste it through us, experiencing life to the full through Christ and being at peace when everything in our life can be jacked up. If everybody in this room would write down the challenges you were facing right now and I would just spend the next hour reading it to you, we would all walk out of here depressed and beaten. Because we got a lot of junk here. I got my own stuff I'm facing in life. And we could do that. And we would be like, whoa, dude, we're in trouble. But at the same time, if the same group of people began to write down what all that God has already done, the way that God has changed our life, the way he's taken me through stuff in the past, and we began to read that list, we would all be like, whoo, God. Yeah! We are overcomers! Yeah. <laughs> so the Spirit of life is a life of victory, and victory's coming, and therefore I am at peace with whatever's happening, church. That does not mean I don't feel the stuff going on, it means I have peace in my soul. Stuff's happening, man. Whatever you're facing in life right now, you have the power of the Holy Spirit to not only take you through it, but so that when you go through it, there is evidence of Jesus in you for others to see. You know, we're, we're, we're supposed to be that ambassador, that light of Christ in this world, and it is through your life that that happens. That's how it happens. It's not by going on the corner and preaching Jesus to them. I'm not telling you not to do that if God tells you to. Hear me right. What I'm saying is the effective witness of Christ and who He is and being God of my life is seen in how I live my life every day. The world calls the church hypocrites. Now, we're not all hypocrites, but there are those among us. We know that. I mean, in the whole church community. So don't misunderstand me. But when I say the world views us as hypocrites, and they they say that word because we say things, but we don't live it. And so if we're Christians, we're spirit-led. If we're spirit-led, we have peace, If we have peace, we deal with life differently, and it's through the power of God. And if we're not, stop saying you're a Christian. Do God a favor and own who you are, and come to Him and let Him change you. Church, I mean that respectfully to who God is. So by living the Spirit led life, we're a natural witness to Jesus, it doesn't have to be forced. It doesn't have to be anything. It's like it's a natural witness. And by living the spirit led life, God creates opportunities for me to actually verbalize in moments who God is in my life. That's the opportunities to magnify Jesus when it comes. They won't happen when I'm like, oh, it's rough, man. I'm just beaten up. Oh, the devil's like if the devil's that hard and that heavy on you, then who is God. I mean, I read that my God's greater than him. I don't know about you. So he's not, I mean, let's live it, man. Anyway, you get it. I got six action steps. I'm telling you that before, because usually I have three, sometimes even two, but I have six today. So don't pack your stuff and check out on me (laughs) on the third one or anything. All right. So I'm very conscious of our time and I am probably more than most people in here. So I just want you to know, I respect that. And I have six action steps. And the reason why is as I was walking through this and asking God about what He wants to say to us, action steps are the application. It's like the accountability questions. Now I got to respond to what actually God is saying to me. Me. Dave does. This isn't like Dave's telling you guys what to do and then I'm just going to go take the week off and start my six day weekend. You know, I've done my day of work. I'm good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> People ask me, like, what do you do through the week? I'm like, well, right now you're messing my weekend up. I'm just saying. (laughs) Anyway, are you... (laughs) Let's stay focused. I'm sorry. Are you experiencing a rich and satisfying, satisfying life within? Are you? Search, are you experiencing that? God is good, isn't he? Man, this rich and satisfying life is amazing. It really is. There's challenges. Yeah, there are. But... It's rich and satisfying. It's it's right here. And I ah, thank you, God. Thank you. That I can just like in the midst of it all, just thank you, Jesus. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Do you? If you don't, I I I really want to pause for a moment and invite you into this incredible relationship with God that is available to every one of us. Um as I do that. Don't think like, well, I've got to do this or I can't do that or I've got to live like that. Just stop for a minute. If the Spirit of God is calling you into relationship with Him, I want you to know He is the answer to your life and He will lead you through your life and make you the Christian you're supposed to be by allowing Him to lead you. We want to invite you to know Him for yourself. It is available to everyone. It's not nobody that can hear me. In, the, in this room online months from now if they happen to listen to this message i don't care who you are where you are if you hear this jesus loves you and he is calling you and you have the opportunity to new life through him right now don't believe the devil's lies that tells you that you can't be saved you're unreachable you've gone too far no god is more powerful than all sin He reaches farther than anyone can ever imagine. And he redeems you through the amazing power of God. All you have to do is repent and receive him, and he will embrace you. I don't care who you are. Amen. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. All right, you don't have to clean yourself up. Just let God have you. He will take you in all your brokenness in everything that you are, And he will love you right there. And he will begin to shape you into the person he died to make you. Isn't that cool that God would do that with us? Hey, if you don't know him this morning, please come to know him. I'm inviting you to come forward right now. Church, would you stand up? You're going to stand for a little bit because that's only, I think, number two out of six. I'm asking you to stand because it's easier to move. And it's easier for people to walk past you. And I, I'm, I'm inviting people to come forward to meet Jesus right now. If you don't know Jesus, come. Come on. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Just come and meet him. He loves you. He loves you. All of you who are believers, you are Christian. I, I, I'm going to ask you this next question. What evidence of Christ is being seen in you as you face the stuff you're facing? Like, is there evidence that you are spirit-led? Do people see Christ in you with what you're facing, with what you're going through? Is that happening in your life right now? Yes. In what ways could you be making the Christian life look like a burden to those around you? I mean, church... I think this is probably one of the places we all need to repent more than anything else. How we're making the Christian life look heavier than it really is because we're trying to make people like think we're something holy. Forgive us, God. I mean, oh, come on. Are you doing that? If you are, you need to repent of that. You need to ask God to forgive you and step into the fullness of who Christ is. So as we reflect over last week, how was the fruit of the Spirit evident in your life last week? Was was it seen in you as you faced life? Did people see love, peace, patience, kindness, long self-control? Did they see that in you? (laughs) Okay, so if it wasn't, then how can it be better this week? How can it be? Surrendered obedience. It's the only way. Surrendered obedience. Yes, Lord. I surrender to your spirit, to your leading. I will face it as you lead me. I don't have to. I'm no longer a slave to that old sinful nature. I am made new in Christ, and I am a child of God. I choose to live with you as you have chosen to give your life to me. It's an amazing thing. So let's go live it, church. What do you think? Yeah. Let's go live that life. Let's make a difference. Tucson can be saved. Yeah. Jesus died for every one of them. And a lot of times when we say, oh, God saved Tucson, and it's 600,000, is a million people plus in Pima County, and we're like so overwhelmed. But when you look in the book of Acts and you see that it was simply by people going out and sharing Jesus, sharing it with their neighbors, that a city was transformed in a very small that Tucson can be completely changed in no time at all by me living a spirit-led life. That's how it happens. So let's go do it. Go. Get out of here. Go do it. Amen. God loves you. God bless you, man. God is good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.